Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to True Crime Paranormal. I'm Christy Brower with my co-host, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going. You know, I feel like I have sat and watched a lot of hearings this week. I actually have kind of a sore tailbone. <laughs> I'm like, because <laughs> I've been through so many hearings. Um, but that's why we're here tonight. Yeah. Is that we have some updates, some pretty some pretty big updates. The, the first mm-hmm. of which is that Lori Daybell Vallow has waived her preliminary hearing. Yep. So this hearing was supposed to be next Monday and Tuesday, very similar mm-hmm. to Chad's hearing this week. We did last night review the witness list that we, on the, on the last show we posted. Um, it was really extensive, but we had said that we were really wondering if she would waive it. Um, and that is what happened. They did have okay. court today to waive it so uh yeah. of course our very first question in the live stream is why do you think she did that so let's talk about that katie yeah. what, are, what, what are your theories well uh a couple of reasons first of all i really truly believe that Lori's running out of money mm-hmm. and that uh the expense of the prelim you know remember that her lawyer lives five hours away and so he and any of his team that he brings, you know, this is it's a big expense for him to come, uh, especially for a two, potentially three day event. And so I'm, I think that's probably the biggest reason. I also think it's clear that they had a plan that if Chad lost his prelim or, you know, was was found, uh, you know, that he was uh, that there was enough evidence to take him over to federal court that they were just going to go ahead and waive because there's no reason to do it and no so yeah and not, that seemed, on, not on their part no no and and also my well and when you look at the the date that she signed the agreement to waive the preliminary hearing it was july 17th right so that document was pre-signed now her attorney mr means in court today made it very clear that that was only for logistical purposes mm-hmm. and not um because they were expecting this but i probably think it was both because seriously i mean it it is the same evidence against both of them and so why would you go through a preliminary hearing when he's held over on those charges she's gonna be held over on them too you know from from one standpoint you know uh chad and Pryor did them a big favor you know because they were first so they went to all of the work and the expense and the everything Because, you know, the prelim for the prosecution is a bit of a fishing expedition. You know, they're getting as much of a peek at the defense's uh, evidence as they can possibly get. And as we know prior, you know, pushed and pushed and tried to get as more, you know, as much as he could. And if you don't think Means wasn't filling up his journals as fast as he could go, you know, he was. He he watched everything happen. He'll rewatch. still have this, after you said that yesterday, I still have this uh, this picture of him like stacks of journals next to him. And he's just writing furiously yeah. for hours at a time. Seriously. Yeah. Which he probably was after watching those hearings. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I feel like for them, it just, it wasn't worth it. If this had not, you know, if they went first, they would have gone because yeah. they want to know, what do you have? You know? And of course, mm-hmm. you know, one of the bombs was that recorded t- uh, yeah. conversation. And some of the body cam stuff. I mean, there were there were some bombs, and that's sure. a fraction of the amount of evidence that they actually have. So that's that's why I think I think that they just it didn't make any fiscal sense to do it, and they already had received everything that they thought that they would receive. Right. Well, and looking at that witness potential witness list for the prosecution in Lori's case, 
so many family members of hers and Chad's. I really suspect she didn't actually want that many people to have the opportunity to get on the stand of bad mouth her. Yeah. You know, in a preliminary hearing, the rules of hearsay are much looser. Yes. And so they could have gotten on, you know, I mean, obviously you look at what um, Melanie Gibb was able to say. I mean, every single bit of what she said was hearsay until she yeah. played that tape, which was yeah. not. Um, but I, I think she probably, you know, took this as an opportunity to not get slammed any harder than they already yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. agree. I yeah. doubt it was, um, in being a good citizen and not wasting the state's money. I kind of doubt it was that. <laughs> She's such a good citizen though. I mean, yeah, I just don't come know. on, man. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, we were kind of sad. Here's the thing. <laughs> I am thrilled, thrilled. For the family, the families yeah. that they don't have to live through another horrible no. rendition of what happened to those poor kids. I that am thrilled so for the uh, for the witnesses that they don't have to get up there and do that again. I don't know if I could watch poor David go through this again. <laughs> poor guy. And, we, and I'm sure we will when we get to, if these go to trial. But at some point, we'll see David again and Melanie. But, you know, I am very glad for them that they don't have to go through this again next week. However damn, are we missing out on comedy gold with Mark Means or oh, what? Yes, we are. Because mm-hmm. in a hearing today that literally at lasted four minutes and 42 <laughs> seconds, he did not disappoint, my friends. Nope. He did not disappoint. In, nope. in the, in the uh, some of the legal documentation that he turned into the judge, he dated it the year 2029. <laughs> This dude is an attorney, supposedly. Um, yeah. The the best part, though, was uh, Rob Wood's face. Yes. When uh, this happened, you know, they're all on Zoom in their own offices. You know, the, the Zoom yeah. stuff is so funny because you really have the opportunity to get like facial expressions. And man, Rob Woods was hiding nothing today when the uh, <laughs> year 2029 showed up on Mark Means' paperwork. Oh my gosh. Yep. So I put it up here in the stream, a couple of pictures of him and that smirk. Yeah, he it was there. That was really funny to me. Really funny. <laughs> well, and the judge, I'm I'm gonna assume, Mr. Means, that this is a typo. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That nine, that nine should be a zero. Totally. Well, no yeah. shit. Really? <laughs> that nine should be a zero? Are you serious? So they both had to fix it. That killed yeah, me. They, that, that was, was hilarious. Yeah. So funny. But yeah, so, you know, but again, we're glad for everybody else that they don't have to go through that. But yeah, man, that was going to be a two day with means that I would have had oh the my popcorn gosh. out for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, it really would have been totally worth it. But yeah, there, yeah. talk a little bit about the, the Melanie uh, Gibb uh, interview today. Okay. So Melanie Gibb did an interview today with Nate Eaton at East Idaho News. I'm going to go ahead and pull these pictures out of the stream. I'm seeing oh, your yeah. your questions come up in the live stream, and we will definitely address them before we're done, I promise. But, For sure. Uh, yeah, let me get these out of here. Okay. So Melanie Gibb did sit down with Nate. Uh, they did a very quick interview. Basically, he asked her, you know, like, what was it like? How does it feel to have come here and testified? And she said, you know, it was... Uh, it was a relief and I'm glad I did it. It was, you know, it, it got pretty, you know, she kind of went oh, at some point. <laughs> Melody's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, she's not somebody that uh, says a terse word, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's very 
uh, kind yeah. in everything that she says. In even, everything. In that, even in that phone call, when I'm sure the profanity right. would have been coming out of me. It, <laughs> Right. But no, but it comes so, out of me all the time. So that probably is right. a bad comparison. But even talking to Nate, she's like, sometimes it got a little, you know, like, okay, we get it. It was, it sucked. Right. Okay. Yeah. But uh, she said that the, she got to meet the Vallows or so the Woodcock. Sorry. The Woodcock. She got to meet Kay and Larry and spend some time with them. And uh, she said that was just a, an extremely good experience for her and talked about what wonderful people they are and how grateful she is that she had the opportunity to finally meet them because they've been, you know, in different, uh, you know, different parts of this whole scenario. And of course, all she'd ever really heard was Kay being misaligned and, uh, or maligned. And they, uh, they had met briefly at one point, but you know, she was, Melanie was very much under the spell of Lori's lies and bullshit. So she didn't, right. uh, you know, now they're in a different place. So, Anyway, um, it was a great little interview. It was like seven minutes. It wasn't a lot. And those were the the takeaways. He did ask her if she could tell, you know, if she could say anything to Chad and Lori today, what would it be? And basically mm -hmm. she said, it's time to burst the bubble. It's time to recognize that you have been deceived. It's time to recognize that so much of what you thought was going to come to pass has not, is not. And you guys need mm -hmm. to wake up and knock it off, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, he asked her about the date, the, that Jan July 22nd date, right? And she said, she doesn't know where that date came from. I do. That came from Charles. Mm -hmm. That came from Charles, I believe from some of his, uh, filings from his attorneys when he mm -hmm. almost divorced Lori and then didn't. Yeah. Like, that she had reported that date to him. Mm -hmm. She says that the, the, it, it wasn't July, it was August. And so she doesn't really feel like, still yeah, happened. it's still freaking, we're still going there. Yeah. <laughs> she said that, uh, it was August and it's based on, and if any of you know what I'm talking about at all, help me. Cause I don't, but, uh, <laughs> not, not abnormal, but anyway, that it was time to, or that this is based on some belief that there was, uh, 30 minutes of silence in heaven. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember reading about this. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it means either, but somehow that had some kind of um, significance. And I don't know, you know, it was you know so how it 28 is. years beyond 30 minutes of silence in heaven would be the returning of Christ. And they had estimated that to be in that uh, August in the window of August 2020. So, you know, we're not totally in the clear yet, but yet I think we are. I think we're going to be fine. I really yeah. do. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. That's that. That was basically it. Um, but yeah, proud of her. Really proud of her. Yeah, she this really was did. extremely hard and it was scary. And to have to sit there and face that was scary as hell. It, it definitely she, was. But she was definitely the turning of the tide mm -hmm. in this hearing. Mm -hmm. Well, the other, before we get to some questions in the live stream, the other big news out of Chandler, Arizona is that the police have made a public announcement that they fully intend to charge Lori with conspiracy to murder Charles, her mm -hmm. husband. Yep. And um, they said that they're still, they have active warrants they're executing and they're away from having all the evidence together, that that investigation is going on and that that is their intention, which is fantastic yes. news. Absolutely. Um, anything to keep her behind bars forever is definitely, you know, Absolutely. Whatever, whatever it takes and to just get some justice for all of the people. I mean, there are seven mm -hmm. dead people in this yep. situation. Yep. There needs to be some justice for all of them. So that's really Absolutely. good news. Because frankly, if they can 
prove conspiracy on Charles, they may be able to use that to help prove conspiracy on Joseph mm -hmm. and Tammy and Tammy and potentially mm -hmm. Alex. I'm not completely convinced that we're going to see charges for Joseph. I'm not. I yeah. really believe we'll see charges for Charles. We're hearing that now. We've well, been saying it all along. I really think we're going to see charges for Tammy coming down too. Did you see though um, some stuff that's been done with the uh, toxicology testing on Joseph? Came out a few days ago. A no. relook. Re I knew that they had taken a look. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's not um, super smoking gun. I mean, all of the substances they found in his system are known substances, you know, and prescription and over-the-counter medications. But I don't know. There's still, there's just this Joseph, Tammy, and Alex basically all died the same way. Yep. And if they can prove how one of them died, if they can figure it out on one of them, I really feel like they can figure it out on the other two mm -hmm. because they all died of a sudden heart related, just died for no reason, died. Uh -huh. And Alex and Tammy, we know, foaming pink at the mouth. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and Joseph was an unattended death. And so, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much we don't know. And of course, yeah. Alex was, you know, with people that may or may not have been involved in this. And Tammy, of course, was with Chad. So, you know, yeah. what more do you need to say about that? So that is super, super good news. Uh, it, yeah. it makes me happy. I figured that, one of the really important hurdles about getting these guys indicted and moved over into district court is that that is going to legitimize other charges toward them. Absolutely. When, when conspiracy is proven against them in, you know, the concealment of the children's bodies, it just leads rationally to their yeah. murders. It leads to conspiracy about these other deaths around them. I mean, yeah, I, totally. I really feel like this is big, not only for this particular case, but for all of the other cases that are coming yeah. that they were able to, you know, prove um, that there is enough evidence to prove a conspiracy to carry them into dis district court. That's big. That that says a lot. That's huge. Comes to other yeah. Cases. yeah, I think we're going to see more. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, totally. There's yeah. so many more charges coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, on Charles, I just uh, I. I'm so excited to see this. They did the, the police said this is a marathon, not a sprint. We yes. are, you know, basically oh, what they're saying there. Mm -hmm. But they said, actually, I really, I want to quote what the, uh, what the officer said. So this was the Chandler police spokesman, Sergeant Jason McClemens. McClemens? Mm -hmm. McClemens. He said they plan to submit the case to the Maricopa County attorney's office, but they have a ways to go. Our detectives are still going through an active search, are going through active search warrants and subpoenas. The case is a marathon, not a sprint. We are conducting a very thorough investigation to determine the truth behind the murder of Charles Vallow. That Yay, they're calling it a murder. They're calling it a murder. It has been called and it was ruled initially self-defense. And so to hear law enforcement go ahead and up the ante and go ahead and refer to that as a murder just yeah. made me cheer. Yep, it's coming. Well, and I read another article that said that the warrants are um, digital warrants for her cell phone data. And we know that the cell phone data, uh, Alex's cell phone data, blew this mm -hmm. case apart. And so hopefully they're going to find some similar things in Maurice. Well, I think all of the, uh, that day, all of the, the cop cam footage and the interviews are going to work against her because she did not act in any way 
like a grieving wife or like someone that had just witnessed a really traumatic the smiling and the laughing and the flirting with her pops and uh she's so and gross. the pool party yeah and, and the, the pool, pool party, party. and they're just yeah. leaving to take jj to school right after her husband was murdered in her house in her living room i mean None of it is normal. None of it. Uh, Rebecca yeah. in the live stream says, um, will conspiracy charges on his death have the same sentence as actually murdering? Yes, they will. So they conspiracy to commit murder, yeah, can be considered. It's it's the same. If you're involved in it in some way, then you could be sentenced the same way as everybody else. And mm -hmm. of course, we're going to start dealing with two different states because we've got Idaho law and Arizona law. We know Idaho law pretty well. Arizona law, I don't know. But in for most in most cases, conspiracy to commit a murder is the same as committing it. You know, you're yeah. you're just as involved as whoever physically did it. You were just as involved as them. So yeah. it, it will definitely, you know, one of our um, chatters today said, you know, will Lori ever see the light of day? No, she won't. She won't. No, no. Only in the uh, the prison yard. Yeah. That's the only place. As these charges continue to stack up and, and, charges in two different states no 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 it, it may just come down to deciding where they're going to house her you know if yeah. it's going to be eventually if it's idaho or if it's arizona yep yep so cl Rowe wanted to know do we think chad could turn on her totally but i actually think that she's more likely to turn on chad than chad is to turn on her i me too although i do feel like that her attorney prior that he was really pushing that way um in in the preliminary hearing chad's you know, attorney was, yeah yeah chad's attorney was really trying to to vilify laurie in whatever way he could yeah but they clearly haven't actively turned on each other because if they had somebody could have made a plea deal yeah at the yeah. time of the preliminary hearings somebody mm -hmm. could have turned on the other and maybe ended up with a plea and that didn't yeah. happen so i think they're going to be a little harder to break i mean you heard the call with melanie you heard how delusional these people are yeah. um even now they're still pretty delusional i mean you look at chad's oh, face yeah. in that hearing he seemed pretty unconcerned about the whole situation not even concerned for himself and it does absolutely. you know the, the social worker in me goes you know they're they're still pretty delusional absolutely the longer this goes on the longer they're in jail you know yeah hopefully yeah. something will break this i maybe yeah. maybe not but I, I like what melanie gibbs said about it. it's, it's time to let it go I'm just not sure yep. they can. Yep. Wow. Well, you know, like we've been saying, they, they've fallen for their own hype and that's going to be damn hard to let go of, especially now because, wow, the reality of what they have done. Yeah. So Kat wanted to know what money could there be? I heard Chad spent half the insurance to bail out Spring Creek books. I had heard that as well, or that he'd spent a large portion of it. Also, that uh, little, uh, you know, Extended vacation in Hawaii was not cheap. They were spinning yeah. it up right and left. They were. Uh, and my understanding was, and of course we don't have an accounting of Lori's uh, finances yet, but my understanding was that Lori really didn't have any money. No, other than and, the children's social security. Yeah, and she was what a winner. Social security, but, um, but that's not that much money. No. And at any rate, it sounds like what our understanding has been is that Chad has been paying her bill. Here's the thing. They're both going to run out of money. They're oh, both yeah. going to run out of money at some point, unless these attorneys stay on pro bono because they just really uh, want the fame that they think this is going to bring. They'll both end up with public defenders because they're both going to run out of money. And honestly, Lori would be better off. 
if that happened because her attorney is not a criminal law attorney and should not be on this case. No, but you know, but she's paying him and choosing him. So yeah, what can you say? But yeah, I mean, really, but I suspect they will stay on pro bono because they're mm-hmm. looking for the notoriety. That's definitely in the, of their the next Kardashian family here. You know, both um, of them are looking for yeah, something. Maybe looking to become famous defense attorneys. I don't know. Uh, Kat wants to know if we're going to stand outside the jail and sing happy birthday to Chad on August 11th. <laughs> that would be really funny. I doubt he'd hear it, but that would be really funny. Um, yeah. Happy first birthday of the rest of your life behind bars, <laughs> yeah. Chad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kat also wanted to know why Mel G was MIA when it was time to get on the stand on day one. Personal opinion, no fact and basis. I don't, no one told me this, but personal opinion, I think she had a panic attack. Yeah, I, I do too. But we're going to we're going to keep digging for that info because I really want to know, like, what's the story? We might be able to get that. Yeah, we, we, we may might. be able to. Yeah. And, and and I hope that we can. Um, but yeah. I, that's my thought, too, is that she just panicked. Maybe she yeah. ran to the bathroom to throw up. I think I probably would have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky says Lori and Chad will be together in the afterlife, along with Alex answering to their master, Satan. <laughs> Well, that could certainly be, you know. They'll be adversarying with the adversary. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see. Kat says uh, Joe Ryan had Flexeril um, and Selexa. Yeah, he had two antidepressants on board. He had some Benadryl on board, some Flexeril. I mean, it wasn't anything that was like a big red flag, and it didn't look like the dosages were a red flag either. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't. They're not done figuring that out. You know, they're no. certainly done with Tammy. Yeah. Uh, Sandra wanted to know, do we know the date uh, in August? She didn't give a date. She just said they thought it was sometime in August. So, no. So I guess for all of August, boys and girls, Mm. hold on to your teeth and say your prayers. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Um, But, you know, as these as these end of the world predictions go, uh, they usually just come and go like a normal day. You know, we've been through quite a lot of them now. So. Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of that prophesying that's going on with these guys that. Yeah. You know, that was actually one thing I didn't mention that she, Melanie, talked about with Nate today is, you know, she said, you know, a lot of people have wanted to know with all this talk or he said, you know, with all this talk of zombies and all this wild stuff they were saying, why didn't you report some of the stuff to an authority before now? Right. Mm -hmm. And she said, here's the thing. This was just normal, commonplace talk with them. And she said they both predicted and prophesied of so many things that didn't happen. She said, I've been hearing stuff from them for the last year about all of this stuff that's going to take place that doesn't. She said, I had no idea that they would go to the lengths of killing kids. See, they were talking all the time about dark spirits. Chad was going into his closet portal. I know there's been so many freaking jokes about this, but going into his closet portal and come in meditating or doing whatever he was doing and coming out 30 minutes later and saying, okay, I just killed 25 zombies or 350 zombies off the earth. So he'd been doing all of this energy work, getting rid of dark spirits, you know, and so she didn't have any idea they would kill the kids. Right. It seemed all to be sort of ethereal, not physical. Now I will say surely she had to suspect the whole Charles thing surely 
had to she have been a red flag. That she did. Although she has said a lot of things now that I think are in in part at least saving face on her own part. Oh, I think because so. you know she bought in a little too hard for a while. But yeah. but that's true that she did say that she always had a sick feeling in her stomach about the Charles situation. About the Charles just situation, right? Yeah, for sure. One thing several of you have asked me about is in court, uh, Chad, the way he was staring at people, sometimes the way his hand was moving, especially when Melanie was uh, in the hot seat, the way he was staring at her, he was doing energy work. That was unmistakable. You know, Christy and I, this is some of the stuff we do for a living, you know, believe in it or not, that's cool. I'm not here to convince anyone of anything, but it was very clear to me that what he was doing there is he was trying to shut her down. He was either trying to send her a message or close up her throat or scare her. That was, he was actively doing that while she was. Well, uh, and her turning, being turned away Uh from him, that was her attempt at protecting herself. Yeah. Yeah. And Kat wants to know, is Lori mentally ill or a really good liar and gaslighter? Does she believe? You know, I think that Lori has a personality disorder. So that is a that is a mental illness, but it's not a mental illness in the same way as like bipolar disorder that you can medicate. Right. Personality disorders are more um, learned and developed behavior from childhood. And so it's, is she mentally ill? Yeah. Uh, is she also a great liar and gaslighter? Yes, but that's part of the personality disorder. Ooh, yeah. Um, but does she believe? Oh, hardcore. Hardcore does she believe. Listening to that phone call with Melanie Gibb, I have suspected for a long time that the two of them have this um, co-delusion between the mm-hmm. two of them about all of this stuff. And boy, listening to that phone call really validated that for me, mm-hmm. that they Absolutely. have built. It's like they've built this entire reality between the two of them that they believe in hardcore. And it will be really hard for them to let go of it because they will literally feel like they will die without it because it is it is exactly who they believe they are well and if you look here at the lori worship right chad's telling lori she's a goddess she was married to all of these uh, revered beings from the book of mormon you know he put her on such a pedestal yeah and i think that was really intoxicating to her that this had to be true it was validating really fed about herself yeah, and really fed some deep internal um, insecurities, I think. Oh, definitely. Okay, this is an interesting question, and we have, yeah, so Vicky said, well, it's not so much a question, yeah. but, um, okay, we're going to tell you guys something. Uh, yeah, I know something. <laughs> so she said, the real estate meeting, and now this was, you know, with Chad and Lori and David and Melanie and a realtor the mm-hmm. weekend that JJ disappeared, the weekend JJ died. Uh, She said the real estate meeting was probably for their plan for white tents to take followers for their homes and life saving. Yeah. We realized I had a light bulb moment after we heard that, that we know who that realtor is. We know that person. We do. Uh, Quite sure because they were one of Chad's best friends. And so um, Mm -hmm. we reached out. We're doing a little bit of digging. We're trying to find what property it was. And when we do, and I'm confident we will, we'll go ahead and do a stream and show you what that property was. But I'm also going to tell you that there's another family in this area who had sold back in 2018, uh, who was associated with Chad. They had sold everything they own and purchased a big piece of land in a place called Wilford, Idaho. Wilford Mm -hmm. is a a farming community. Uh, It's not really a town. It's just a farming area in between St. Anthony and Ashton. So 
what, 15 miles ish from Chad's house. And yeah. they have been building basically a commune there. They have already been building a place for communal living, preparing for these days to come. Right. So that's been actively happening in this area for a while. So anyway, yeah. hopefully we uh, get we, we get some answers on that property. I really think we will. But I died laughing when I realized, oh, we know who that realtor was. We that do. We so actually funny. know. I don't think we'll be able to reveal their name, but we actually know. No, I don't think we should, but we do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sandra wants to know if the other people in their preparedness group are as over the top. Yes and no. Um, I think not so much in the realm of I'm a god and I'm one of the 144,000. And Muda. Yeah. 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 But yes, but, in the sense of prepping. Yeah. A and lot in, of people around here have fallen into this. They have, I'll tell you what, actually, my neighbor. My neighbor that lives a few houses down from me, uh, last year I noticed her garage door open and discovered that her entire two-car garage is pallets, pallets of stored food. Yeah. Pallets from floor to ceiling, her entire two-car garage. And she's been to my house twice with cans, like number 10 cans of food, and demanded, insisted, pushed that I get food storage right now. Really bad things are about to happen and you're not prepared. She told me that my dead mother told her that I'm not prepared and that I'm wasting my money on other things and not preparing. And my mother gave her that message and she had to come to my house and tell me. And I've had enough of her. (laughs) Anyway, um, the two times she's come down and, and done that and told me that and forced me to take this big can of sugar and another time a big can of pancake mix. And, you know, but anyway, I, but that's the extreme and we are seeing the extreme. Yes. yes. And, and you have to know that just is a part of Mormonism that having food storage and preparedness and self-sufficiency mm-hmm. is very much yep. a part of the religious culture. But mm-hmm. it is definitely gone to a new extreme in our community. We know that people... Mm-hmm stockpile guns and ammunition here mm-hmm. um there are people who have bunkers oh, yeah. under their houses that stuff definitely exists here and this case is shining a light on it more but it's mm-hmm. gone to a new level with all of the energy work and the prophesying and uh-huh. um, the tents the, yeah 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 and the, the preparatory stuff yeah that's definitely gone to a new level but um i do believe that one of the things that uh Millie, Gib told Nate Eaton is that there are way more people into this stuff in our community than we may realize. And I think that that is definitely coming to the forefront here. And I don't mean to connect um, those folks to Chad and Lori necessarily. I don't know that they necessarily are, although some of them certainly were their followers, but most of them, Mm -hmm. I think more fall on the prepper side of things, Yeah, but they are getting way more into metaphysics and divination and energy work. Mm-hmm. than you would normally ever see Mormons get involved in. So I have oh, found yeah. that quite interesting. Oh, I mean, we've had students that took Reiki from us that literally got threatened with excommunication. I mean, yeah. it's, things are, they're in a really interesting spot right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, they are. But then, you know, you have to be so careful with that kind of stuff because you don't ever want to fall into a place of, believing your own hype to the level that Chad has and that Lori yeah. has because they now are just self-fulfilling. So everything that they want to happen or want to be true just happened in their intuition. And that's just not ever mm-hmm. the case. That's 
yeah. go taking it all way too far. So this is another yeah. reason why we're right in the middle of this case is yeah. because we do work as professional psychics and energy healers. And so we know that side of things as well oh, as yeah. being former Mormons. And we know how people can take it too far. And, and these guys definitely have. Absolutely. Well, we also have seen many gurus over the years uh, mm-hmm. go way too far, thinking about the Bikram yoga guy that turned out he was molesting or, you know, sexually abusing tons of his students or John of God, who yeah. turned out to be running a child, uh, a, a baby adoption yeah. ring that was horrifying oh, and, yeah. and others that, you know, it, it's this guru stuff is dangerous. It's really mm-hmm. dangerous and yeah. should be taken with an enormous grain of salt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do think this is uncovering um, some pretty interesting things going on in our community. So, yeah, you're Absolutely. right. Uh, yeah. You're right. We are right in the middle of this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sandra said she used to work with someone uh, in this area who was a prepper who believed that they would have to leave at a moment's notice in any season to meet for end of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard that kind of stuff from people many times that they're prepared yep. at any moment and yeah. that they are... Um, you know, carrying weapons and food and things in their vehicles, even mm-hmm. for what's coming. I don't know. I don't know what's coming. Yeah. But... Well, I think probably nothing, but <laughs> you know. Kat wants to know, know. Um, about energy work. We're talking about things like Reiki, energy mm-hmm. healing, that kind of thing, Kat, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Stella said, I haven't had a chance to look at Chaz mannerisms until now. And that's why it would have been so great to see Lori in court, right? We've seen her a little, but I would have been great to see her some more for that reason. But she said, uh, she hadn't had a chance to look at Chaz mannerisms until now. And seriously wondering if he has Asperger's. Is it just me? I really kind of have the same thought watching Mm -hmm. watching those hearings and also hearing him speak. There are Mm -hmm. some things that made me wonder if maybe he's uh, on the spectrum somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting question. How disconnected he is from himself, too. I mean, it, it could mm-hmm. just be, I don't know. Yeah. And then Hula Bunny said, I'm wondering if you know why Chad's prelim was first before Lori's. He was charged first. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that, you know, just logistically, that's why. And they were just a week apart. I will say this. No. They did not today set a date for Lori's arraignment in federal court. Uh, no, they had. They asked Mr. Means if he would like to select a date and let them know. And I was just laughing my ass up thinking if he's going to ask for a date in 2029. 2050, you know. That would give him plenty of time to prepare, maybe. (laughs) Right? So Chad's is the 21st of August. It's coming right up, you know. And Lori should be as well. And she'll be seeing the same judge, Judge Boyce. And, of course, you know, this is uh, District 7 court. and. Judge Boyce, uh, all we really know about Judge Boyce is that he was a Bonneville County judge before and, and has been bumped up into uh, the District 7 District Court. Yeah. That's all we know about him. But uh, and Bonneville County is, uh, well, where Christy lives. It's near yeah. where all yeah. of this has gone down. So, I mean, he's pretty local around here, too. He probably yeah. has heard a lot about this case already. Uh, but, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Well, when... Uh, Back when they, uh, oh, I don't even want to go there because I can't remember the dates, except for that there was a little contention about uh, when they had all of the charges against Lori, you know, that they were going to be going to court on back in July. Uh, Means was trying really hard to. It's going to be in January. Yeah. Yeah. January. Well, but there was also Martin Luther King Day. 
Yes. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of weird stuff with dates. And court dates get changed all the time. That's really normal. And, and you just don't know because if more charges come down, are they going to combine? What are they going to do? Yeah. Victoria says, I used your uh, toad resting face line. And boy, everyone loved it. I gave you credit <laughs> in the program PR. Thank you. I'll do it for you. Uh-huh. There's Chad, resting toad face. Yep. Yeah, you got to get the lips just right. Yeah, yeah. You, ha- you have to have the thing. The yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was trying to get to see Lori in court because she probably wouldn't have had a mask on because most of court she has. It's mm-hmm. really hard to read people's facial expressions when you can't see most of their face. True. Yeah. That would be interesting to see because, uh, you know, she didn't, you know, Chad and his attorney chose to not wear masks because, and this just still slays me a little bit. Fryer's reasoning was if Chad and I wear masks, every time I have to talk to him, we'll both have to take them off. Does he not understand that you can actually hear through a mask? I know. You couldn't With hear him anyway. Not sitting up. right next to you? I know. What? Get a clue. Uh, the next and that you hearing, can speak with a mask on your face? Like, it yes. just all made me laugh. I'm like, how is that an argument? It, it, it was just something to argue about. And I think that's just what defense attorneys do. Um, the next hearing for Chad, yes, is an arraignment in district court where he will mm-hmm. plead guilty or not guilty. We assume he's yep. going to plead not guilty. And, and asked to go to trial. So, and the trial could be, oh God, it could be February, March. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a ways down the road. It yeah. will, especially because it's district court. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, even a tighter schedule. So yeah, it is going to be probably next year. Yeah, I would imagine. One of you asked if we're going to do a deep dive into David. That is not something we've done. There's not a lot on David. We've actually attempted to do a deep dive into David in the past, and there's not a lot of info. But we might attempt that, though, and see what we there can get. There might be more coming out now where he did testify. We can mm-hmm. look and see if we get a little more info on him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like David. My heart really went out to David. I also yeah. really think that David is the reason that Melanie did the things she did. Yeah, she certainly was supported by him and encouraged by him to stand up for herself and and not get sucked into this craziness. And that was smart. Although he is very much into all of the prepper stuff and all of this other, um, oh, yeah. you know, sort of fringy Mormon stuff, too. Oh, totally. I mean, that's how they know him. You know, yes. that's how they all know each other is from going to these events, going that's to the preparing a people events and the events. That speak for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was curious to know why uh, Pryor was so convinced that David was an author. He asked Melanie, he asked David, I wasn't sure why. He's a speaker. He has spoken at some of these events. I know that, but uh, not an author, but he was certain. And then he kind of looked, gave a chat kind of a sideways look like, isn't that what you told me? You know? Yeah, Yeah, that he seemed weird. I know. But then again, maybe David has written a book and he just doesn't consider himself to be an author. He was a little confused. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How come these spiritual people have no concept of honesty? It is that idea of buying into your own hype, getting so deep into this idea of being connected spiritually that you forget to check yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, whatever you're doing with yeah. your intuition, that's what they're doing. Uh-huh. And whatever you're doing is totally justified. You know, I mean, Lori said it over and over. The Lord said so. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord said, said so. so. You should yeah. ask the Lord. And, and Melanie's like, well, I have. Um, I get the same answer as you. <laughs> he said, you're bananas, Lori. Yeah. 
Uh, we're just about to, out of time, but uh, Victoria asked, the misdemeanor battery charge against Pryor doesn't affect his ability to practice. It apparently doesn't. I yeah, that was actually a sexual assault charge that was pled down to the misdemeanor battery charge. Uh, had it had it continued as a sexual assault charge as a felony, yes, it would yeah. have affected his ability to practice law. And that just tells you who we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I read about that the other day. It's pretty uh, interesting. It was a young woman who came to his office to acquire about a job and get some legal advice. And he, she says that he sexually assaulted her in the conference room at his office when she came to talk to him about a job and legal advice. And he says it was consensual, but she says it was not. That's the basis of what happened there. And then, of course, you know, he did take a plea to be able to get out of that. So I don't know. That's pretty sick. It's super yeah. sick. But yeah, because it's a yeah. misdemeanor, it doesn't doesn't necessarily keep him from practicing law. And yes, uh, Lori did say that she was speaking face to face with Jesus. And that's why it, she was way up on her high horse about that. She speaks daily face to face with Jesus. So she knows everything she's doing is OK. Mm-hmm. And there, my friends, is the delusion. Totally. Totally. Uh, well, all we right. probably better wrap it up, but thank you yeah. all for joining us. We'd love it when you join us live and we get to chat directly with you and talk to you. In our past years of live uh, live podcasting, live internet radio, we had a live chat room all the time. So we were always right. talking back and forth. So That's where our you, background is, is live radio. So yeah. yeah so we love it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a good night. We'll update you as, you know, updates come. We do have a document uh, of Ch- that Chad wrote that we're going to take a deeper dive into next week at some point about uh, it was a church that burned down in Utah. And he wrote a newsletter of sorts that is very interesting. It also is full of like Mormonese and will help break it down. So we'll do that next week. And of course, we'll have a new case coming out on Monday that is not Valo related. We will. So thank you all so much for joining us. This has been True Crime Paranormal. I'm Christy Brower here with my co-host, Katie Weaver. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.